welcome to the Special Strength Fitness Podcast, where we break down the psychology, fitness, and nutritional strategies you need to know to successfully transform your life. Welcome to episode 21. All right, guys and girls, for today's episode, I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to take some of the most common questions I get from you and do a Q&A because I know for a fact, if one of you is asking a question, there's at least 100 people out there who are wondering the same exact thing. So without further ado, I'm going to dig into my bank of questions I get all the time and start answering them one by one. All right, first question we have, Alyssa. Okay, so Alyssa is asking, how do I do intermittent fasting if I'm hungry all the time? All right, Alyssa, so this is a pretty straightforward uh, scenario, but I'm going to make a few assumptions based on the information you've provided in the question. Again, without having work with you, you know, I have to make some assumptions to understand where your situation is. You're trying to do intermittent fasting, which is basically fasting for a certain number of hours and then eating in a small window of time during the day. Okay, that's what intermittent fasting essentially is. If you're feeling hungry all the time, it could it tells me a couple of things might be happening here. One, your leptin sensitivity might not be so great. You might actually be leptin resistant. Now, what is leptin? Leptin is a compound in your body that lets you know, hey, I'm 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 good. I'm, I've had enough. I'm I'm full. I'm I'm good to go. What sometimes happens, especially in people who are overweight, uh, this is a very common thing, is your body doesn't recognize that signal from leptin. It becomes resistant to the effects of leptin. And to compound the effect, when you have higher body fat percentages, body fat actually is going to cause a release of leptin. It's going to uh, The more body fat you have on you, the more you're going to release leptin, and the more likely it is that you are going to become resistant to it. Now, if that happens, you can see how that's a problem. You're overweight, but your body doesn't get the signal that it's done eating, so you just keep eating more and more, and it adds to the whole problem. Another thing that your question could be telling me is you're just not getting enough fiber in your diet. That's one of the most common things that happens across the board, whether you're healthy, unhealthy, obese, normal weight, doesn't matter. Most people, especially in a Western diet, do not get enough fiber in their diet. The easiest way to get fiber in your diet is to include more vegetables, fruits and vegetables in your diet. If that's not easy for you to do, and it's just too much work for you to prep them, or you just don't have access to fruits and vegetables, whether it's financially motivated or just, you know, you don't have the time to deal with the preparation and all that, easy. Grab a fiber supplement, right? Metamucils works. I usually go to Bulk Barn. and I'm in Canada, so we have Bulk Barn here for bulk products. I go to Bulk Barn, get uh, psyllium husk. Metamucil is basically processed or broken down psyllium husk. That's what it is. I just get psyllium husk, get something that, you know, even back in Bangladesh, where, where I'm from, uh, even back there, people use psyllium husk all the time as a source of fiber. Now, when you take fiber in that supplemental form, like I'm saying, you have to be careful not to overdo it because if you take a lot of fiber and not enough water, you're going to get constipated, right? And too much fiber can actually leach beneficial vitamins and minerals from your food, from your body, and take that out. So you want to be careful with that. So I always recommend the best way to fix your nutrition is eat things that grow from the ground, that are found in nature, that you can go and pick up with your own two hands from a farm or, or a tree. So Invest in some vegetables and fruits if you can. That's probably the best way for you to start feeling fuller. The other thing that your question is telling me is you may not be getting enough protein, right? Protein actually lets your body know, hey, I'm full. When you get enough protein, um, my wife is a fantastic example of that. When she doesn't take enough protein, no matter how much veggies she's eating, no no matter how much fiber she's taking in, she's constantly snacking. She's constantly looking for the next feeding. But when she becomes conscious of that and starts upping her protein, Almost immediately, that goes away. So depending on your unique situation, I would look into veggies and uh, veggies and fruits, look into your protein intake, and also look into your fiber. And the last one I want to add in is water intake. Sometimes, and a lot of times, our thirst 
can actually seem like hunger. So if you feel hungry all the time, there's a very potential chance that when you are in your eating and drinking window as you're intermittent fasting, you're just not getting enough water in your system. So if that's the case, if you find that, okay, I'm barely drinking any water, you may need to expand the eating and drinking times so you can get enough water in your system because that'll make a huge difference. Water, again, like protein, it suppresses hunger. It lets you know that, okay, I've got enough water in me. I've got something in me. I don't need to take any more in. So that's one of those things, again, that keep an eye on it, pay attention to it, and I'm almost certain that one of these will solve the problem for you. Hope that helps. All right, let's see. I got another question from, and I apologize. I know you wrote your name in a fun way, but I think you meant Yasmin. So Yasmin says, is a 14-day water-only diet going to help me lose weight? Um, all right. I love this question because it, it's, it's a two-level answer. Okay. Level one answer. Yes, initially, it's going to help you lose a little bit of weight. When your body realizes that, okay, I'm not getting enough calories coming in, it's going to start using up some of the stored calories. However, when your body realizes over a few days that, hey, there's no calories coming in here, it's going to start thinking, okay, I need to slow down my metabolic rate to conserve the energy I've got because I don't know why I'm not getting the calories in, okay? It's not that your your body will just continually take calories from your stored fat or stored carbohydrates or stored protein in your body. It's, it's smart. Your body is a survival me- mechanism first and foremost. It's one job is to survive. It's to keep you alive. So if you're going to do a 14-day water-only diet, you're not only going to starve yourself and then actually halt your metabolic rate and your metabolic rate is all the processes in your body it's what helps you burn calories throughout the day so if you slow down your metabolic rate if you if you start affecting it you're going to start affecting your natural fat loss rate okay that's number one number two a water diet a water only diet it means you're not getting the vitamins the minerals the nutrients you need on a daily basis that's horrible for you so i almost always let people know unless it's like for religious reasons or some kind of cultural thing that you want to do i wouldn't recommend a water diet you're way better off monitoring your calories and slowly working on dropping your calories a little by little if weight loss is your goal. Hope that helps. And a lot of these questions, guys, you know, they may seem like repeats, but there's nuances in certain questions. So I always say, ask the question. There's no such thing as a bad question. All right, let's see. Let me pick out the next one here. Okay, we got our next one. This one's from Donna. And Donna says, hey, everyone, I'm uh, 29 years old. I'm five foot five, maybe five foot four. I weigh 245 pounds and I want to lose weight. Not sure how or where to start, but definitely could use some help. All right, Donna, perfect place to ask the question. Thank you for uh, thank you for putting that out there. I'm sure so many other people can relate to this. Now, irrespective of your age, okay, what I'm looking at here is your weight. Okay, so at your height, that weight tells me that a lot of your weight is just distri- unless you're a bodybuilder, if you are like let me know, but I don't think you are. This is telling me that you're relatively obese, and this is something that's concerning you, which is why you want to lose the weight. So first of all, congratulations on taking this step. That's step one. Step two, Donna, I'll break it down very simply for you. Start small. I talked about this a couple of episodes ago in episode 19. Work on the small things to make big gains, okay? In your case, the small things you can work on, the daily habits, the really small things, is just start to write down what you're eating. It doesn't matter what it is, eating and drinking, just everything you eat and drink, write it down. I found when I started to track for the first time what I was eating and drinking to get a better understanding of where I stand with my calories in, calories out, quality of food, I I did it on a piece of, uh, you know, a notebook with a pen, a piece of paper and pen. That really helped me because it just became a habit. I would just take the book out all the time at a specific time and write down, okay, this was lunch, this was dinner, this was snack, this was drink, this was, you know, nesty iced tea, etc. 
start tracking first. Don't worry about exercise. Don't worry about dieting. You know, don't worry about anything. Just track it first. If you track it, then you know what you're dealing with. Then you know, okay, these are my regular habits. This is what I'm having on a daily basis. And this tracking, I recommend do it for four to five days. If you can do it for seven days, do a whole week, because then you can see what your weekends look like as well. Ideally, two entire, two full weeks of tracking should be done. That's number one. Now, if you have problem tracking, I can guarantee you're going to have problem when it comes to meal prepping and calorie prepping and making sure everything's set up properly for the days, for the weeks ahead. Because if you can't write down what you're already doing on a piece of paper, it's no longer an, an issue with what are you eating? What are you exercising? No, no, no. It's a problem with discipline. It's a problem with lack of accountability on your part. So I always tell everybody this, start with the simplest thing. Just record everything you're doing now. So Donna, let's say you've done that for a couple of weeks. Now the next step is, okay, do I know enough about exercises to go attempt the exercise or am I going to go to YouTube or Instagram or whatever and follow a celebrity or, or influencer? I would strongly recommend find a coach, find a trainer. This is important because if you are not aware of what to do in the gym, right? And, and you're asking, I want to lose weight, but I'm not sure what to do or where to start. That's perfect. Work with somebody on it. Okay, I'm not saying they're going to be the perfect coach for you. Maybe it takes you a couple of tries to find the right one, but find someone to work with and find a professional because once you work with a professional, they will see the things you don't. They know the things you don't and they can guide you and save you time, money, effort and get you to your goals faster. That's step two. Okay, if you want to go the independent route, honestly, if, if you say I don't, I can't afford a coach right now or whatever the reason may be, great. Start tracking. Once you've done your tracking and you see what you've recorded, Start taking away one thing, okay? And this was my strategy back in the day when I first started tracking. I looked at my my food intake and my drink intake and I saw, wow, I'm, I'm downing like three nesties a day. Okay, so what I'm going to do is instead of three nesties starting tomorrow, uh, you know, after two weeks, starting tomorrow, I'm going to have two and a half. So I only took away half a, half, a, half a can of nesty for myself. Nothing else changed. It was easy. I was able to do that for a week. Then I said, okay, for the next week, I'm going to take out another half Nesty. So now I'm only having two cans of Nesty instead of three. This was when I was working an office job and I had, you know, this was my first like sit down office job nine to five and I gained a lot of weight. So that summer I was like tracking this thing. So look at how slowly I'm going. I started with taking away just half a can of Nesty. I can do that. I can replace that with water or tea. Then I took away the whole can of Nesty. Okay. Then the next week. Okay. So I still prefer to have two cans of Nestia a day. Great. What else can I do here? Okay. I'm having four beef patties a week or a day. Let me cut it down to three and a half. You get the idea, right? The point is don't make this uh, calorie reduction a drastic change in your life. Make it a very small, manageable, easy to implement change. And when you do that, you are going to be super successful at doing it. Every client I've worked with, when I, when I do it this way, they actually say, oh, you're not going to give me a diet plan. You're not going to give me this. I was like, no, no, no. You don't need a diet plan to start with. When you have not done any work prior to working with me, you need to start slow. So you understand it takes patience. It takes commitment. It takes consistency to get the results. You can't just come in here and say, throw a diet plan at me and let's see what works. No, that's not the way to do it. Yes, I can create one, do it and you'll lose weight. But as soon as you're off that diet plan, which is going to happen, nobody can stick to a diet plan that's not conducive to their lifestyle. As soon as you get off the diet plan, you're going to bounce back and go even worse than you were. Okay. So start there, work with a professional. If you need help, reach out to me. I'll be happy to help you out. All right. Great question so far, guys. Let's see. <laughs> this is a funny question. So Cindy writes, 
Anyone else a full-time student trying to make time for life, aka working out, send me some prayers. <laughs> Cindy, I appreciate that. Uh, I, listen, I went, I, I came back to school because, you know, I'm trying to better my life, better my family's life. I'm always studying fitness health, but I'm also, you know, going back into the health sector now a little bit as well because I, I want to do something uh, down the line for my family that's, you know, COVID-proof and all of that. So I appreciate the fact that you're a full-time student trying to make it work. That's step one, right? Just having the drive to say, I want to work out. I want to figure this out. Now, here's a couple of tips I'll give you. If you're a full-time student, you treat your workouts like a course. You don't make it too hard on yourself. Don't make it five days a week. Start with two. You can find two hours in an entire week. I can guarantee you, you find more more than that watching Netflix or something else. Everybody does, right? Find two hours a week. Start there. Schedule it in. I, I, I literally schedule it in with my regular schedule. So it's like a part of my day-to-day routine. I must hit that gym time, period. It's like a class. I can't miss it. So if you're a student, treat it seriously. If you treat it seriously, it's going to give you results. Hope that helps me. All right. Well, you know what? Let me take a little water break here, guys. And if you're listening to this show, take a water break as well. I I have I have been neglecting my water intake as of late, and this is me making up for it and rebuilding those small habits. Ah, nothing better than a good cold glass of water. All right. Oh, this is a good question. I can relate to this one. All right. So Alexandra says, "Okay. So how do I lose weight? Please help." I eat snacks all day long. I can't stop eating sweets. Are there anything or is there anything that's very good for breakfast to have and some good healthy snacks during the day that will help me lose weight? I want to lose 10 kilos, which is roughly what, 22, 23 pounds? Okay. Alexander, thank you for your question. Uh, There's a lot of questions you've asked here, so I'm just going to address them one at a time. First of all, your question was, how do I lose weight? Well, very straightforward. Uh, for most people, it has to do with being in a calorie deficit, whether you do that through diet or uh, your training or a combination of the two, whatever works for you, you need to find a way to get into a calorie deficit. Having said that, while you're in a calorie deficit, try to stay in a, in a good uh, protein carb fat ratio and eat healthier foods rather than junk food, right? Because you can also do calorie deficit with junk food. So try to be on the healthier end of things. It'll be better for you in the long run. Your next part of this question was, I eat snacks all day long. I can't stop eating sweets. Listen. Alexander, I'm right there with you. I, sweets are a huge thing for me. They used to be uh, even worse, you know, back in the day, but I made it work, right? I found a way to make it work. Back in the day, I was training, working, playing sports all the time. So that wasn't an issue. Now, when my lifestyle is a lot more sedentary, eating sweets is more of a calculated balance. Like, okay, have I done enough or am I going to be doing enough today to essentially, quote unquote, earn that sweet? Now, having said that, I can say that because I don't have a bad relationship with food, right? But there's a lot of people who can develop or who don't have a good relationship with food and they can develop a really bad habit if they start, quote unquote, earning food. So don't go down that road if you're not confident or if you if you haven't been active in, in watching your nutrition for a bit. What I recommend is plan your sweets in throughout the day. OK, so plan it ahead of time. So, OK, today's Sunday. Tomorrow, I'm going to have one chocolate at 9 a.m., one chocolate at 3 p.m. and one chocolate at 7.30 p.m. Schedule it in and have it okay because what you start to do there is you start to take control of the habit you start to take control of the cravings rather than just letting the craving dictate when you have that reward because essentially what you're doing with sweets is rewarding yourself right it's a way to pacify your psyche it's a way to say oh yeah this this feels good i want that feel good hit right now well that's great have it but control when you get that schedule it and if you start having cravings before that scheduled time arrives tell yourself no I'm going to earn it by waiting till that specific time. 
right? In my case, I used to go a little bit more advanced because I had so much control over it. Anytime I had issues with cravings, I would say, you know what? I have a chocolate schedule at 6 p.m. I'm going to do something now. So at 6 p.m., I've earned it, right? So I can take that a level up. If you really want to make this work, you know, you get into meal planning and all that, but that's a whole different level. Just start controlling your sweets by scheduling it in your day. That way your brain knows, I have that reward coming for me. If I have cravings now, it then becomes easy to just drink some water and then just satiate yourself and wait for that time when you can have that reward. And you know what's funny? When you start scheduling yourself like that and you start to plan things out, after a few days, after a week or so, your body actually catches on to the rhythm, the circadian rhythm you have internally in your body. It catches on that, okay, 9 a.m., I feel like eating something sweet. It's because you've built up the habit of 9 a.m. or having something sweet. Then you don't feel that craving until 3 p.m. because at this point, you've done it for so many days. It's like an expectation, right? Once you can control it like that, then it becomes easy to start taking some things out or substituting them. So instead of having a candy bar, maybe you can have, you know, sweet corn or carrot, right? You can make the substitutions. But step one, make things as easy to do as possible and start controlling the sweet cravings. Okay? You asked about um, very good breakfast. You know, is there anything that's very good to have for breakfast? You know what? I always say, make sure you include a protein in your breakfast. I don't care what you have for breakfast. Just make sure there's some protein in it because it's a good way to start the day. Uh, good healthy snacks, honestly, I mean, cucumbers, carrots, fruits, vegetables, it's, it's completely up to you. You can mix match. I always say go for the, the cooler things like carrots, cucumbers, uh, bell peppers. These things, they work for me. Grapes sometimes, depending if I'm craving super, you know, a lot of sweets that day, but go for the fruits and vegetables that are easy and, and generally colder. So if you can get it out of the fridge or something that tends to work better, uh, and, you know, those are some strategies that I'd recommend, Alexander. You give it a try. Give those a try. Let me know how that works. All right, let's see. Oh, my computer's glitching out on me, guys. Give me a moment. Okay, perfect. Oh, great question. All right, this one's from Allison. Allison says, I'm going to prescribe weight loss medication due to needing to lose weight for my health. But even on it, I'm still eating a lot during one meal a day until I actually feel sick. And it's all junk, okay? I was going to the gym daily at 5 a.m. and eating healthy, and then I missed one day. One day turned to two, and so on. Oh, yeah. So many people can relate to Allison right now. I'm on week four of no routine. Okay, fair enough. What's a good healthy way to detox your body? Any cleanses you recommend? Yes. I love it because it's a cleanse and detox question. I've been waiting for one of these. All right. Allison, first of all, I can appreciate how difficult it must be to be on medication to lose weight because of your health. I understand it's not a very easy situation. So all the best with that. Okay. Having said that, time for some tough love. All right. From what I understand, you're eating one meal a day. So one meal a day, OMAD is a thing where, you know, you just have one massive meal a day and that's it. I don't know if you're having one meal a day because that's what the medication requires, but I don't know of any medications that actually require that. Like even weight loss medications, as far as I know, I can't think of any that require just one meal a day. So my first thought would be, you know, just looking at the information I have in front of me. My first thought is have more than one meal, break it into one and a half or two meals, right? Maybe one meal and a snack, maybe two big meals or two moderate meals to make up the same calories, right? Third, you said it's it's all junk. Well, you already know it's all junk, which means you know that there's a problem there, right? So we're going to go back to the advice I was giving Cindy. Start to track what you're doing and then start making small substitutions, right? Maybe put a vegetable in there instead of, you know, candy or chips or whatnot. 
you have to start somewhere. So first things first, track the junk you're eating and decide what you can sacrifice. There's going to be one thing for sure. And sacrifice one one portion of that and substitute it. And then start substituting the other things as time goes on. Now with the gym, you were going to the gym 5 a.m. Yes, eating healthy, missed one day, turned... Now, that missing one day, then that that turns to two and so on and on. So many of us, myself included, are familiar with that. Life happens. So first of all, don't be hard on yourself. But second of all, hold yourself accountable. You know, so many of us just let it go. Like, oh, yeah, I missed one. I missed two. I missed three. Okay, whatever. You know, I'll get back to it. And before you know, it's like a month. Guys, ladies, gentlemen, be accountable to yourself. This is for your health. If you are on prescribed medication for weight loss for your health, we're talking, you know, a very serious situation for your health right now. You can't play around. You can't afford to play around. You're losing years of your life. You, there's no way you're going to get it back, right? Once you lose these years, by the time you get back to a healthy status, you've already lost those years you could have saved. You're losing years of your life to your habits, okay, to your lack of routine. So to get yourself back in, into accountability, once again, I would say clearly it's not working by you yourself. Find a workout partner. Find a coach. Hire a coach or, or tell a workout partner, hey, you know what? You and me, 5 a.m., we're going to wake wake each other up, go to the gym. There's going to be at least one person in your local vicinity or your local gym who does that, who goes there at 5 a.m. Become friendly with them. Say, hey, listen, I could use some help. Would you would you mind being my partner in this in this adventure I'm going on? Because, listen, Allison, this is about your health. Right? It's not about just looking good or what, none of those shallow things. This is about your life quali- quality of life and your health. You asked what's the healthy way to detox your body? I'll give you two. Drink water, eat earth-grown foods, okay? Drink water, earth-grown foods, and I'll add a third word, sleep. You have to sleep. These are the three things. Your body, your liver is a detox machine, yeah? It's purpose-built to detox everything that comes through your body. Sleep is an amazing way to detox, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally. That's when your brain compartmentalizes things and puts things where they need to be and consolidates memory and, and you know, takes the stress out. So sleep, okay? And water. Water, water is king. You just saw, you just heard me drinking water, right? I'm doing this on air because I want to encourage everybody else to do it. Water is the key. When I drink water regularly throughout the day, I feel so much better. I'm sharper. I'm healthier. I lose fat better. I sleep better. When I don't do it, I'm miserable, even if everything else is going right, right? Water, sleep, and make sure you never give up on yourself. Okay. I know it can be daunting when your health is on the line. Do not give up. Okay. Do not ever give up. All right, awesome. Hope that helps. If you need any more assistance, let me know. Reach out to me. Okay, next one. Okay, this is from Melissa. Melissa says, super frustrated. I am exercising more than ever. I walk at least four times a week and riding a bike. I'm gaining weight. Could it seriously be muscle just from walking? Melissa, it is absolutely not muscle just from walking. Okay, if you are gaining weight, somehow you are in a calorie surplus, which means even if you walk four times a week, ride a bike, climb a mountain, you are compensating by eating more. Okay, that's a very real possibility. That's one of the most common things that happen. Our bodies, like I said, are survival machines, and they like to stay at the set point. The set point is the physical uh, representation of your body that you've been for a while, and, and it gets comfortable there. So for example, if you're a 170 pound person with 20% body fat, your body wants to stay there. If it's been there for a while, it just wants to stay there. It doesn't want to change. If you're a 245-pound uh, person with 50% body fat, your body wants to stay there, okay? So this is why change is so difficult. They say change is hard, but it's worth it. So if you're walking at least four times a week riding a bike, I can almost guarantee you're compensating by eating more. You're taking more calories in somehow. 
how do you get around it? Well, same advice as I've given. You know, like I keep saying to you guys on this podcast, the fundamental principles of health and fitness has not changed. It really has not changed that much. It's just that people come up with gimmicks and this shiny object. Oh, look at this. This is a new solution. This magic pill, this, that. No, guys, it's fundamental. Melissa, start tracking what you're eating. You're doing your walking and you're riding a bike. Awesome. Keep that up. Track what you're eating. I can guarantee you, you'll start realizing, oh, you know what? Once I've tracked for two weeks and I take a little bit of calories out of that, maybe take one little thing away from it, I start to see some changes. I start dropping weight. Okay. Or at least I stop gaining weight. And then you take a little bit more out. Oh, great. And start making some healthier substitutions, right? Maybe you can have rice as an example, right? In my family, we eat rice pretty much every day. Maybe instead of having rice every day, you can have cauliflower rice one of these days, just one day a week, one meal a week. Forget one day, just one meal a week, right? Lower calories, kind of texture is the same-ish. So, you know, you have to start somewhere and I strongly recommend start tracking. If you want to do this by yourself, start tracking. And as always, if you want to work with a professional, find a coach. Find a coach, they'll see things you don't. But I think in your situation, it's very uh, likely that you'll find success if you just start tracking first and then start taking things out one at a time, a week or two at a time. Okay, awesome. All right, next question. The next question is from Michelle. Okay, so Michelle says, oh, this is relevant because I just talked about this a couple of podcasts uh, or the last podcast, episode 20. Michelle says, I've had this fat pocket on the back of my neck for I don't even know how long. It has been a huge insecurity of mine since I started really noticing it and how it affects pictures makes my neck and face look bloated bigger. Today, I tried to take a progress photo of it, only to find it's so minimal now, you can't see it. After only 11 days, it's almost completely gone, along with five pounds. Michelle, that's amazing. Congratulations on, you know, making some progress here. But I do want, I, I want to, I want to just pick your comment and question here, because this is, uh, this is something that a lot of people come across when they start, right? That initial energy, they have the honeymoon phase with exercise and diet. They start seeing some results and it's like, oh my God, that's amazing. But being an exercise scientist, being somebody who understands this on the back end, I'll tell you this. Localized selective fat loss doesn't happen, okay? It's it's not a thing. So the, the fat you're seeing on the back of your neck, this could just be an area where your body loses fat first. That could be it. But more often than not, within 11 days, which is a relatively short time, okay? Five pounds is not that much. Five pounds, you can gain, a, you actually gain five pounds or lose five pounds depending on how your sleep was respiration over the night, whatnot, you actually gain or lose five, depending on how sleep was. So five pounds is not much at all. In 11 days, along with five pounds, you're seeing this quote unquote, you know, fat loss change. My best educated guess is this is just water loss. Okay. It's just that you were holding on to a lot of water subcutaneously under your skin, right? In your muscles. And a lot of it happened to be in the back of your neck, kind of making it look bigger than you'd like. And it's just some water loss. Having said that, congratulations on seeing some change. You're clearly doing something right and you're losing five pounds. Great. Keep at it. Okay. Because what is most likely going to happen here, and I've seen it so many times with so many people, it's, it's almost like it's guaranteed. It's, it's going to come back. You're going to have that one day where you, something goes wrong. Your stress is high. Salt is high or low in your diet. Water is off. Something happens and something goes wrong and it's going to come back. And you're going to think, Oh my God, I backtracked. I lost my results. No, you didn't. You just, assumed something was an actual result when it was just a transient effect of, you know, you starting to do something healthy, like exercising and, and eating right. So my advice to you, Michelle, keep at it. Don't think that this is the be all end all because it will come back and it's going to throw you for a loop and make you think you've lost all progress, but you really haven't. You just got to keep at it. 
remember, I keep saying this in the, in the show, it takes me four to five weeks before I physically see a change. I, I feel the strength changes, but I don't physically see a visual change until about week five, week six. That's when it kicks in into overdrive for me. So these things, you know, they're tricky. Don't believe the lies you think you're seeing, but understanding the process of how your body loses fat and what it's doing to you right now will help you stay motivated and, and strict with what you're trying to do. And again, all the best in your journey. That's awesome. All right. Next question from Annabella. Annabella says, what are some good workout apps and what are some good exercises to do without getting my asthma triggered? Ooh, great question. Okay. So a little bit of medical science here as well. Annabella, um, obviously with your asthma, uh, with your asthma, you have to uh, really pay attention to that, right? I mean, aside from making sure you have your puffer on hand and your medication on hand, I, I really don't want, want to comment on it because that's a medical situation. And I always say, talk to the experts, right? Um, I personally haven't had any experience with asthma myself, so I, I don't want to talk out of line here. However, with, it, with regards to the good workout apps, honestly, workout apps have essentially replaced a Google search, okay? Back in the day before apps were a thing, people would go on Google and say, okay, workout for fat loss, bing. Search result comes up, somebody puts something on their website, great. Workout apps are a little bit better in the sense that you can, on most of them, customize sort of what you want to do. Uh, my recommendation if you want to get into a workout app and whatnot, go for the ones that are a little bit more known. So in my case, I'll give you an example. I use Strava when I go cycling or running. And within Strava, there are actually people in my local area or other people across the users of the particular app who post their workouts or their distance that they're running or cycling, right? So when I see that, it helps me kind of chase a goal based on the communities, right? You start building a community feel to it. So it's nice. But if I if I could give you like the golden answer, uh, my best my best advice, don't look at workout apps. Actually, go and pay a coach to create a customized program for you. It's so much better. It's way more affordable than actually working one on one with a coach, right? Most coaches price their workout plan designs uh, fairly affordable, and that's going to be customized to you. It's going to be so much better for you. It's going to give you at least a month to two months worth of training, right? So please. That would be my best case uh, scenario advice for you. But if you want to go with a workout app, any of the big popular ones, Nike, uh, Strava, uh, what's another good one? Um, Under Armour makes a couple of good ones. Right? Those are pretty good just for the community feel of it. All right, let me see. We're chugging along. It's 30 minutes now. I want to keep this podcast relatively short. So I'll take maybe a couple more questions. Let's see. And, and if you guys want to send me a question, you know, if you guys uh, have a burning, burning question you just want to find out about, you guys can send me a comment, email me, find me on Instagram, send me a DM, right? I'm getting better at checking my DMs for sure. Uh, if you want to email me your questions, it's ikabir.fitness at gmail.com. That's I-K-A-B-I-R dot fitness at gmail.com. Uh, my Instagram's the same at ikabir.fitness. And on Facebook, you guys can find the Special Strength Fitness Podcast page. You guys can leave your comments there, leave your questions there, reach me through there as well, and I'll be more than happy to uh, answer your questions for you. Okay, let's see. Ah, perfect question. Great. Okay, so Athena sends a, sends a picture here, so I'll, I'll describe that to you guys in a sec. But she basically asks, Athena says, can someone tell me how accurate this is? And in this picture... There are three glasses. One glass has cumin cinnamon ju juice, some kind of cumin cinnamon concoction. The middle one has a chia lemon. 
thing going on and the one on the right has a lemon ginger thing going on and at the bottom of the picture <laughs> it says three fat burners <laughs> okay so, <laughs> i gotta laugh at this because like i'm not laughing at the question i'm just laughing at the fact that you know people try to sell other people on this stuff okay these are not fat burners they're not fat burners there's there's no such thing as a fat burner honestly like it, it comes down to the basic principles you want to lose body fat start messing with your calorie intake and your uh, macro uh, proportions drop your calories so you're in a calorie deficit even a mild one will do and start consuming a little bit higher protein and mess with your uh, macro intake if you know how, what to do there if not go get a coach to help you with that that's going to give you the, the the fat burning and the weight loss and all of that stuff these little drinks the lemon ginger cumin cinnamon chia lemon what's the other popular one my wife used to do it before too um apple cider vinegar that's the one that's a real popular one apple cider vinegar oh my god like okay guys okay understand this okay in your stomach okay you have various mechanisms to normalize the stuff that's coming in so if you take something like apple cider vinegar for example right you take something a bit more acidic into your system your stomach has has compounded releases to neutralize the acidity of it, right? There's nothing special about apple cider vinegar that's going to pump up your fat burning. Absolutely nothing. By the time things go through your stomach into your intestines, they're normalized, broken down, and into the basic amino acids and compounds that every food group or drinks is made of. And your body will take from it what it will and discard what it doesn't want to use, right? Same thing with lemons. Same thing in the, with the cumin, cumin cinnamon drink. It's all hocus pocus bogus. Just, just don't, just don't do it. Just, just don't buy into it, please. The fat burning pills, okay? Why, why are a lot of people big fans of them? Because they contain a stupid high amount of caffeine, and usually other compounds that are not legal to put in supplements as it is, right? Um, back in the day when I used to take more supplements than I do now, there was a thing called the ECA stack, you know, ephedrine. It's, it's not good for you at all, but. When I took that, I had greater fat loss. Why? Because ephedrine, uh, the ECA stack was, I believe, ephedrine, caffeine, and aspirin, if I remember correctly. It, it essentially, it's like caffeine supercharged. It, it just gave you so much more, quote unquote, energy, right? Temporarily to go, and you could basically work out harder. So was my fat loss because of the ECA stack? No, it wasn't. It was simply because I was able to consistently do more work, put more work out there, burn more calories doing that, and thus drop weight and lose fat. Uh, in the fight community, when fighters are getting ready for you know weight cutting and all that, they use all these these chemicals and compounds to help them with that. But is it these chemicals that are really causing the fat loss? No, not really. Because I guarantee you, if there was a chemical, a, a, a compound you could take to melt fat away, it would be it would be like the solution to baldness, right? It would sell like hotcakes. It would be like one of the best selling companies in the world, because globally we have an obesity problem. There there isn't such a thing. Right? We have these fads and trends come along like the apple cider vinegars, like the chia lemon concoction, the lemon gingers, the cumin cinnamons, right? But at the end of the day, these things aren't the fat burners. It's the other behaviors you take when you start getting into this stuff. So let's say you take your lemon ginger drink, and I've done it. I, I like my lemon drinks once in a while. You, you have your lemon ginger, whatever. But then you're conscious of your health now, so now you're also eating less. You're eating healthier options. You're exercising more. You start doing these other accessory work. And these accessory things are the real fat burners, the real weight loss agents. It's not the lemon ginger you took every morning or the apple cider vinegar. Guarantee you it's not that. All right. I can go on this stuff for hours. All right. I'm going to take one last question. Perfect. Okay. Alyssa Marie. <clears throat> 
Unless somebody says, hey, I'll, I need some tips. I just had a baby three months ago to the day. I've lost about 30 pounds and I have 15 to go. That's awesome. Congratulations on the baby and the weight loss. I've been eating 1,000 calories and my scale has been moving very slowly the past week. At oh, 1,000 calories. Jeez, that's pretty low. Okay. At first, I was losing almost every two days. Yep. Should I even... Should I do even more of a calorie deficit? Oh, I'm 150 pounds looking to be my normal weight of 135. Okay. So a couple of things here, a few things here, Alyssa. First of all, again, congratulations on the baby. That's a life-changing thing. And congratulations on losing some weight. However, the way you've described you've gone about it, I would caution you here. So you've been doing this for how long now? Three months ago, you had the baby. Okay, so I'm going to assume you've been doing this for about three months. When you eat 1,000 calories, okay, I think for a normal 8 or 12-year-old, uh, the calorie requirement is just to maintain is like 1,200. And you're a full-grown adult who's just given birth to another adult. Okay. Now, I get it. After pregnancy, some people are able to lose that weight rather quickly, right? That's totally cool. But 1,000 calories, you're below the maintenance level of like a, a preteen. Uh, that's not okay. You, you're absolutely like below, below where you should be with regards to your calorie intake. That also explains that you, you are losing almost two... Uh, you were losing weight uh, every two days, okay? That's rather quick, right? And that's your body responding to post-pregnancy and also this sudden super low calorie because I'm sure when you're pregnant, you are not calorie restricting. You are actually supporting the baby with good enough calories. So now all of a sudden, super low calories, post-pregnancy, right? You don't have to feed another human being within you. Your body says, okay, shed the weight quicker, quick. However, you said something important here. You said, my scale has been moving very slowly the past week. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Your body, like I keep saying, is a survival machine. It has now shed off some of the weight from the pregnancy, right? You've cut down, what did you say? 30 pounds. That's a significant amount. But now your body is like, okay, that's a lot of weight to lose rather quickly. 30 pounds in three months is 10 pounds a month. Okay. But now my calories are still so low. I, again, it's going to adjust for that. It's going to compensate. And how does it do it? It slows down the metabolic rate, right? The, the rate at which you're processing these, uh, the, the process in your body. And when that happens, one of the things that slows down is the rate of fat loss because 1,000 calories is too low. Now, what's the solution here? Well, you know what? Actually increasing your calories, maybe go to 1,100 or 1,200 or, or 1,150 calories, like 1,150 calories. Bump it up a little bit and monitor. If your weight starts to slowly go up, give it a couple of weeks. And watch what happens. If within those couple of weeks it hasn't gone down, then drop it down by 50 calories. But what most likely will happen over a month or so is your weight will initially go up just a little bit, but then it'll start coming back down again. Because you're, if you give yourself enough time, so three weeks, four weeks, to get used to this slightly, very, very slightly higher calorie intake than what you're doing right now, you're essentially in a reverse diet. Your body's going to be getting used to the fact that, okay, I'm getting slightly, just slightly more food, slightly more calories in, but it's not enough to trigger fat loss. So let me utilize this and kind of stay at the same weight. Remember, I talked about this a couple of questions ago, that your body likes to stay at a set point. Wherever it is, it likes to stay there. So if you're in a fat loss phase right now or a weight loss phase, it'll probably help that weight loss phase because now you have a bigger calorie tank with which you can nourish your body and then your body's process can take place without essentially, and there's no such thing as a starvation mode per se, it's just adjustments at a metabolic rate, but without adjusting your metabolic rate down. Okay, so I would recommend explore the option of a reverse diet and go slow about it because you did a very drastic cut. You want to go slow. Even if you want to go from 1,000 calories intake to 1,050 or 1,075 a day and try to be as accurate with it as possible, that's great. I usually say 
within 100 calories up or down is the error margin, right? So I usually adjust them by about 100 calories or so, unless you're more, you know, you're an athlete who's done this for a while, then I can adjust more minutely with 50 calories here and there. So I would say you're at 1,000 now, go 1,100 calories for the next two to four weeks, monitor your weight and stay as close to that calorie as you can, and then maybe bump it up. If you're seeing weight loss or fat loss, even if the weight steady, the fat might go down, then bump it up a little bit more, maybe uh, you know close to 1150 or 1200. And that reverse diet strategy will work, but it's just going to take a long time, especially because you've come off of pregnancy and you've done a drastic cut. So you've got to be very slow. And again, get a professional to help you out because if you can get somebody to help you calculate your TDEE, right? Your, your daily energy expenditure, basically, it'll help you identify what calorie range you need to be at for maintenance and then aim for below that to, to stoke your fat loss or weight loss. But at the same time, not do it so drastically that your body starts adapting to it and restricting your metabolic rate. Make sense? All right, Alyssa, I hope that helps. All right, guys, that's our Q&A for today. If you guys have any questions, again, please reach out to me at ikubir.fitness at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram under the same handle at ikubir.fitness. Or, or you can just look up Special Strength Fitness Podcast. I have a Facebook page for this podcast. You guys can comment in the iTunes section of our podcast. You can come to the Facebook page. There's so many ways to get in touch. If you have a question you'd like me to answer and a question that you want more information on, feel free to let me know and I'll be very happy to do it in the next Q&A. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Until the next time I see you, stay safe, take care of one another, and I'll see you then. 